Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, the show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. <laughs> I'm CJ Sullivan, and each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a story be told by either a comic or even a normal citizen contributes <laughs> to, who contributes to society. And uh, we'll also have a theme that goes along with it for either from that story. And today's theme is going to be island drinking, Sean. Love it. Yeah, I love drinking island, <laughs> drinking on I mean, an it, island. It's, it's like a, uh, it's like an airport. It's always acceptable. Mm-hmm. You, you're even allowed to have drinks you're not normally allowed to have. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. like like you load it up with dairy and sugar and dessert like drinks. It's great, right. and it's just accepted. The flight over there, they're giving you the drinks. They want you to get. Everyone's in the same mood. You know, it's kind of it's it's, it's a much more festive, uh, it's a, it's a more festive flight. I it is. Say it's that. great. And uh, but you are definitely a great expert on this because you you do you had one of my favorite things where you woke up on an island on a day you didn't from a blackout from a day where you didn't even start on it. It's absolutely correct. Uh, Put in Bay Island in the middle of Lake Erie. Their official (laughs) slogan, which I love, is the Key West of Lake Erie. (laughs) Key West of Lake Erie. That's beautiful. But I I woke up and we were in a house. Mm -hmm. I guess we had been thrown out of bars and we open up the cupboard. We're underage at the time. We were thrown out for being underage. Okay. Okay. And this is the weirdest thing I've ever drank in all my life. It was a two-liter plastic bottle that had a handwritten word beer with a question mark at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) We found it in a closet, room temperature, and we drank it. That's amazing. And next day you wake up on an island. That was before you went to the island? (laughs) No, that was was me, like, sober, not sober, but, like, I had come out of a blackout and we were in this huge house and once you got on here right re-entered that blackout question what was the answer to that question after it, you, did you figured there that was out? definitely alcohol in it It was beer <laughs> that's outstanding and cj you're also uh eminently qualified uh to co-host this episode with me because you regularly like to get away you know to some sun in the islands mm-hmm. and a couple of times you've had to uh been lucky to cut, return with your life. Like the ocean yep. has almost taken you. Criminal gangs have almost taken you. Yeah, that is true. I was chased down the streets of Tijuana, Mexico, um, <laughs> literally like movie style, where get, where a mob is chasing you, <laughs> like running down the street. Um, yeah, like in a movie where they're like, let's see how CJ's doing in Tijuana. <laughs> exactly. Like pitch, village and there's you. pitchforks in that kind of yeah. a situation. I was in the wrong bar in Tijuana, which one? It was the right bar. Listen, there's a lot of great bar, dive bars in there. Everything's real cheap. But mm-hmm. one thing they don't like to be do, they don't like uh, um, documentation. They don't like they don't like when things are involved in that. And I was down in a bar in Tijuana and, and uh, buddy Jeff Klinger tried to take a picture of me because it was a cool little scene and 
they swarmed immediately. As soon as anyone brings out a phone, the camera like, yeah, no photographs. I try to take the phone. Like, we just got to get out of here. And we, and we, so we, so we basically started moving pretty fast. So literally we're just running down the street. Then they, they gave up. But like, we're like, and I think we're just going to say, we're deleting. Like, like, we're trying to show deleting the photo, you know, we weren't taking a picture of anyone else, but we got out of there. Uh, and that's not a bad, and we were definitely to blame for that. I'm, that is not a knock on Tijuana. I love Tijuana. I love Mexico. Yeah, I, lo- I love that it's that uh, much of a social violation to take a photo. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, every single one of us is doing something we're not supposed to. Right. We're in Tijuana. This is the definition of off the grid. You do not fucking <laughs> you do not report any of this to anywhere. Anyway, yeah, so we're we going to have uh, a lot of great stories yeah. like that. Uh, who's our guest this week, CJ? Well, well, you're gonna we're gonna find out. We're gonna hear a great story from Natasha Pearl Hans. Oh, she's the best. She is the best. She's a great comic. Uh, she's great because she's uh she's a dyed in the wool Midwesterner yes. from Wisconsin, drinks like an absolute champ, right? But is like this like gorgeous bartender comedian. Mm-hmm. So you don't expect her to be able to like throw them back the way she does. Yeah. She, and she just, ends up in all these hilarious stories, just like straight up hilarious world adventures. Really? She's very diverse. She's like, if, uh, uh, like, I feel like if we were like, a, you know, like a gang, like a drinking gang, we, we yeah. could send her into like a celebrity party. Right, you're going to have to infiltrate it here. Like a spy. She's almost yeah, like a drinking that, spy. That's what I mean. Like, like, like a cloak she, and dagger type Yeah, thing. You can work the red carpet here, get in there, all <laughs> see what they're drinking. Then you uh, knock back a few bottles. Go infiltrate the celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So she has, an amazing story. She woke up basically on an island, got in a relationship, all kinds of things. It's uh, she's absolutely hilarious. We love to have her on here. So let's get into it without further ado. Let's open up another chapter in the Blackout Diaries with the great Natasha Pearl Hansen. Oh, that's just go to the right. Okay, cool. This is how slides work, guys. Right, left, right, right button, left button. How are we doing? Are you guys exhausted from drinking stories yet? Or are you guys still rocking it out? We've got like 10 minutes left of this shit. Um, this is a really exciting story for me because I started my career in comedy 15 years ago here in Chicago. Left Chicago 10 years ago or 11 years ago. Moved to LA and I just moved back to Chicago. So this this is one of my favorite stories from Chicago. Uh, This is about the time that I blacked out in Chicago when I was 22 years old. I'm 37 now, this was 15 years ago. Blacked out in Chicago, woke up in St. Thomas, a lot of bad shit happened. And you're gonna see it all. (laughs) So uh, we're starting with this. This is called uh, Woke Up in St. Thomas. The backstory here, this is my best friend, Danielle, who still lives in the city. She now does uh, facials on people for a living. Uh, Right? I know. I was like, I should specify. Um, Danielle, (laughs) to get an idea of what kind of drunks we were in our 20s, she was the kind of person, this was so fucking funny, a couple days before we went on this trip, it was winter here in Chicago, and she would fall. You, you have those friends that just turn into noodles when they drink. They just, like, their legs just <laughs> give out, and they're just, like, falling under everything. And I would wait until she, <laughs> I'd wait until she got drunk for the thing that she was going to fall on and watch her fall for a long time. <laughs> so this was in the winter, and she slipped on a piece of ice when we were walking home, and she continued to fall underneath the same SUV for an hour and a half. And I 
didn't do anything to help her. I just stood there and laughed because it was the funniest thing I've ever experienced. So that's, that's Danielle. Um, this is me. This is me when I was 22. Um, I was a bartender at a place called Wells on Wells. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was across from Second City. At the time, I did not do stand-up. I just did improv, which made me a total fucking loser. Um, I had a pet potato named Bart. That's Bart. Um, I would pee in men's urinals. I had belts in inconspicuous places that I shouldn't have them. This was actually me with the Chicago police um, because I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. So I had made my own underwear with Brett Favre written on them. And I wrote, I told the Chicago police, if you sign my ass that you love Brett Favre, we'll be friends. Like they needed my friendship. And they did it. Uh, so that's, that was my life. And then this is my friend Robbie. So uh, this is gay Robbie. I'll get to why he's called gay Robbie. Well, I'll just tell you now. Um, I had two friends named Robbie. There was straight Robbie and gay Robbie. Straight Robbie was a bouncer at the Pony. You guys know the place called the Pony? He was like a UFC guy. He was very straight Robbie. This was very gay Robbie. Um, he dealt cocaine to the richest. <laughs> I'm so sorry if anybody knows Robbie. Let's just pretend we don't know his face. He dealt cocaine to the richest people in Chicago, and he delivered it on a Schwinn in a pink sweater. <laughs> and he was, I was like, why do you deliver to the richest people? He's like, because they're not going to tell anybody that they do cocaine. And he made a fuck ton of money. So that's how we got to go on this trip, because I was broke as fuck at this time. So... <laughs> So the night before we went on this trip, I had an improv show at this place called The Spot up north in Andersonville. Do you guys yeah. know that place? It's a Packer bar. It doesn't exist anymore, but there was an attic upstairs I used to perform at all the time. Did an improv show, and then I had to go do my bartending set at 11 p.m. As I'm leaving the improv show, I had a couple of drinks. I knew I was going to bartend through the night, and that at 6 in the morning, we were leaving for St. Thomas, right? So. I get done with the improv show, I'm saying goodbye to everybody, and I fall down the stairs. And it was one of those falls where you just hit every stair with the same butt cheek, like 10 of the stairs in a row. I get to my bartending shift, my two friends, Robbie and Danielle, that are coming on this trip with me, show up to drink at my bar for free all night. And as I'm bartending, I'm like hobbling, and they're like, what happened? I was like, I fell down every stair, my ass is probably broken, and they're like, you're being dramatic. We get to Robbie's house at 2 in the morning, and I laid on his uh, ironing board, and I was like, please look at my ass and make sure it's okay. I pulled down my pants, and that's what we found. The worst brute. When I tell people I had a black butt cheek, they're like, okay. And I'm like, no, you have to see this fucking picture. It's the worst butt cheek bruise that you could possibly have. And so he starts dying laughing, and I said, get some ice. What's happening? He's like, I don't have any ice. I'm like, well, get some frozen peas. He's, got, he's like, I've got corn. <laughs> so he rips open a bag of corn and just dumps it onto my ass. Like it's fucking sitcom. He just rips open loose corn, frozen, dumps it on my ass. So there's, now I have a bruised ass, and there's corn in my pants. So when I get to this like 48 hours later when I'm in St. Thomas, I literally take off my pants and I'm shaking out loose kernels of corn. 
from this exact situation. So we drink, we leave my bar at two in the morning, go to his house, he does the corn thing, we get in the limo, because he was a Coke dealer, so he limoed <laughs> us everywhere. We get in the limo, go to the airport, drink a couple bottles of champagne on the way to the airport, we drink all the way to Puerto Rico, we drink in Puerto Rico, we drink all the way to St. Thomas, we land in St. Thomas, we keep drinking. At this point, we've been drinking for like 36 hours. As you can see with my face in the upper left-hand corner, I have no fucking idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> we drank these things called shark bowls. We landed in St. Thomas, went to this like whatever bar, and this was, uh, this was a shark bowl. Robbie's actually eating one of the sharks in his mouth. And the next morning, this is where things start to get interesting. Because we each had our own hotel rooms, but we woke up in the same hotel room in one bed together, there was this shark toy and a bunch of uprooted aloe vera plants <laughs> around our hotel room. And the aloe vera plants had bites taken out of them. <laughs> so, I wake up and I'm between Danielle and Robbie. I know nothing sexual happened because it wasn't that kind of ordeal. But, we're like all essentially naked. There's uprooted plants. And then all of a sudden I hear a knock at the door. And I was like, is somebody knocking at the door? And they're a fucking hot mess. This is what Danielle looked like the next morning. That was me in the closet the night before, because that's just what I decided to do. Uh, this guy, like the darkest island man I've ever seen with the whitest eyes, peeks his head in our room and he just goes, are you guys okay? <laughs> and we were like, why? And he goes, I'm just making sure you're okay. <laughs> and so I put some pants on and I go peek out the door and I was like, what's wrong, sir? What, what did we do? And he goes, there's a trail through the forest. <laughs> <laughs> there's plants. Plants are missing. We find them on the way to your room. He's like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. So we pieced together that on our drunk 36 hours of drinking minds that we decided to uproot natural island aloe vera plants and eat them to save our own stomachs. So that set the tone for the rest of the trip. We became known as Speedo and the Black Cheek on the islands. He wore a Speedo everywhere. Everybody knew my, my butt cheek was black. We were there for a week. Uh, we found this one. This is when we found a lizard and we brought it to a proper burial. We were just very famous on the islands. And then I went to a place called Duffy's Lock. Has anybody been to St. Thomas or the US Virgin Islands? Yeah? Have you been to Red Hook? I've been years. Been years? I mean, me too. Red Hook, <laughs> this was 15 years ago. Went to a place called Duffy's Love Shack, which is a bar in the middle of a parking lot. And I ended up tripping and falling on this. This guy is a shithead. We ended up dating for a while. But <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, I didn't know it at the time. This is something I actually used to talk about my stand-up back in the day. But I dated a homeless guy. This was him. I didn't know he was homeless because when you live on an island and you just have beaches to hang out on, nobody knows you don't have a house. <laughs> but he didn't have a house, and we hung out for a couple days, and then he fell in love with me and wanted to move to Chicago with me. So, he did. 
Well, before that happened, the night we were leaving St. Thomas, we decided we wanted an extra day, so we sent our sloppy friend Danielle packing, and me and Robbie stayed for an extra day, and we called it the $400 margarita, because we were having so much fun. We get to the airport the next day and pretended we missed our flights, and they're like, it doesn't work like that. You can't just miss your flights a day later. <laughs> they're like, you miss your flights like by a couple hours. You can't just show up like a couple days later and be like, we missed our flight. Can you just put us on another one? They're like, you have to buy a new flight. We were like, that's, we didn't know it worked that way. And so we had to buy new flights. That was me depressed at the airport, buying new flights. So I ended up dating this shithead that I met at the Virgin Islands, I found out that he would meet women and attach himself to them, move to a new city for them, and then just suck them dry. And so that's how he got to St. Thomas. He had done that with a girl from Minneapolis, moved to St. Thomas, sucked her dry, and then he met me in St. Thomas and moved to Chicago for me. So this guy lived with me for a, a year in Chicago. I was a struggling bartender, starting my comedy career, paid for his entire life. In the first two months, he gained 40 pounds. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't even know how you do that. Uh, that's a lot of, you have to work to gain that much, I don't know. Um, and then, so that's what made me start stand-up comedy. I actually wanted to be away from the house. It was like not a good relationship. So when we broke up, I went to LA for the first time in 2010 and did my first comedy set in Hollywood. And five years later was my first time headlining back in Chicago at the Laugh Factory here after I left and moved away to LA. During that headlining set, I ran into this guy, Chris Sobronski, he lived in the building with me and my ex and knew our whole story and that this guy was a piece of shit. So when I walked into for my, my first headlining set in Chicago, Chris turned around from the sound booth and was like, oh my God, Natasha, I remember when you were trying to do this thing and you were dating that piece of shit. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> and uh, sorry, that's the only picture of Chris that I had. It was from Facebook. So it was a full circle kind of thing, and then it became more full circle. The next year, I got invited to perform in St. Thomas for the first time, and then I got, I got invited to perform in St. Croix, and I have a huge following in the Caribbean now, and I sell out every single year headlining. So I've now performed in the Caribbean for six years in a row. And last year, my boyfriend Jake, who's out in the corner, he's an amazing comedian, went with me. And so it's just kind of a cool story. Um, so what a bruised ass and a bunch of cocaine did uh, <laughs> brought me here. So any questions? We're back with the Blackout Diaries, and that was hilarious. Natasha Pearl Hansen with the story of being blacked out and <laughs> swindled into Virgin Islands. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Totally. And we yep, and we have her now here with us to answer questions and provide even more fun here in the Blackout Diaries. Natasha, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank this you for joining. Story never dies, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's so it's 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 so great. I, I, I love the anytime you wake up when you wake up out of the country somewhere. <laughs> you go to bed in America and you're home. You think you're going to bed in America. You go out like, okay, I should probably wake up in America tomorrow. <laughs> uh, odds are pretty likely that I wake up in the same country. 
You would think so. But I mean, I had, you know, I had this kind of rule for myself in my early 20s that any opportunity that came my way, I had to say yes to, which is, you know, I call it, they call it YOLO now, but you're right. <laughs> I, I would, Natasha, you did another story uh, this last Friday at our live show. And as you were telling this story, which is like just as crazy as this story, perhaps even crazier, but um, I was thinking of that while you were talking, because like in improv, they have that rule, yes, and yep. like you're never supposed to disagree with your. I was like, Natasha does this in real life, real life. Like, you know, when, when you should be actively disagreeing with you know? danger and my body. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. There was that uh, that yes man book, whatever that became a bad, yeah. it became a bad Jim Carrey movie, but whatever. Like, that was this thing, like you had to say yes to everything for a year, and you know, just put it's supposed to make you more adventurous, and you know, it's it's good clean fun, but there's no alcohol involved, sure. <laughs> but if you're just saying yes to dangerous situations, next thing you know, you're uh, <laughs> you know, you're doing shelf companies for people for real i I have no idea how i escaped my 20s okay just even when i lived in chicago i would walk home you know i bartended to like four or five six in the morning Mm -hmm. sometimes and would just walk home like through the alley with a bunch of cash in my (laughs) in the sleeve of my coat i had i had tricks like my grandma grew up in uh south side chicago half my family's from the south side south side so um Mm -hmm. it you know there were certain things that i was like Okay, I'm gonna be good. I'm self aware enough, but you're not. You're still not able to like stave off massive amounts of danger as a solo woman. So I'm thankful. I'm okay. But I think. <laughs> but I think your combination of Southside Chicago street smarts and just pure breed Wisconsin drinking, yeah, makes for <laughs> yeah. a perfect mixture of you're basically a superhero out there. I, I don't think anybody would have wanted to fuck with me. Honestly, I no. think they w- would have looked at me at, when I was sober and been like. Mm. I don't know. She looks busy. And if I was drunk, they'd be like, well, we don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just left me alone. <laughs> so let's like you wake up in a different country mm-hmm. and how like, like I've woken up in different states, never a different country. And it takes you a while to piece it all together. Like as you kind of get your act together in the morning, like when did it hit you? Oh, my God. We so did this. We, we did yeah. this. I remember thinking about it, but we we did yeah. this. <laughs> it was literally, it was, let's see, what year would this have been? Because I was 22 and I'm 37 now. So what does that put us at? 2007? Like, yeah. 2006, 2007. Yeah. So I, was, I had two of my best friends in Chicago. I told, I talked about this on stage, but one of them was a very, uh, a very, high-end cocaine dealer, super gay, mm-hmm. like nobody ever would have thought he dealt coke. He just dressed really nice. Right. He didn't drive a car because we lived in Chicago. He had a that would be- nice apartment and always just looked sharp as shit. And he that was, was gay, gay Robbie for gay Robbie. listeners at home. Mm-hmm. Right. That was gay Robbie. <laughs> so he, he was with me all the time. And when he was sober, mm-hmm. people didn't, they thought he was my boyfriend because he was very statuesque and very pretty. But the second he started drinking, he got so much gayer. And like <laughs> yes. he, he would just get to the point where people would be like, get him out of here. He's so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> he was so much fun. Like everybody loved him, yeah. but he would just mouth off to people. And um, my other best that friend. Is funny to, it is funny those gay people get more flamboyant when they get drunk because they have to have to button it up, I guess, wherever their job, whatever their life and job is. You know, Both get, of them, the two exactly. that I went with, were like sloppy drinkers. And, so, and I was not that great <laughs> right. either at the time. So we were just like a trio of mess. 
but mm-hmm. my my friend Danielle is from Bridgeport, born and raised. So she would also get really mouthy, but like with women, and I'd always have to like be the peacemaker with her around people. <laughs> so her and I were looking at Expedia back when people actually used that to travel. Yes. For vacation packages that were like three hundred dollars. And we found a last minute one for St. Thomas and we were kind of thinking about doing it. But for us at that time, 300 something bucks, you know, was expensive. So um, we told Robbie one night when he came in to drink at my bar on a Saturday afternoon, I believe it was. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to book it. I'm coming with you guys. And I was like, (laughs) oh, thank the Lord, because if Robbie's with, we're going to live like kings while we're there. right. So he books us two suites and we just party Saturday, party through my bar shift Sunday and fucking go. (laughs) And uh, I mean, it was like hours and hours of partying on the way, stopped in Puerto Rico, party there on our layover. By the time we make it to St. Thomas, none of us knew what was going on. And I had that giant ass bruise on my ass. So (laughs) yes, Speedo, Speedo and Black Cheek, you were known as you said in the story, which is a great superhero duo. Yeah. Gay Coke dealer and the ass, the the, we were, the bruised ass cheek. We were famous on the island, but within two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you came in hot, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Off an imp- off an improv show at the spot. That was a nice old reference. So did um, the spot? Did the bar? So you just didn't show up for your shift on Sunday? I did. Bar, I right? did. We woke. We we. I worked until like one thirty two in the morning. Closed the bar down. Locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Robbie lived just a couple blocks from the bar. So we walked over to his place with our bags um, and got <laughs> got in his place. He ordered us a limo. We took a limo to the, sure. to the airport. Got to take, take a limo at 3 a.m. That would to happen the airport. all the time. Sometimes we would just be out <laughs> drinking with him and he'd be like, I don't want to go home. I just want to stay downtown. And he would get a hotel at the W and we would just mm-hmm. like party all night at the w and then he'd pick up a limo in the morning and go to the gucci store and like it was fun <laughs> i'm sure it was fun it was a good time i imagine so what so your flight was in the morning like at six because sometimes i've i've actually done that before where we had drunk uh, drunk ideas and go to the airport and there's no flights at three in the morning yeah, obviously or was, four to like yeah go home you can't be here yeah it was it was something like six or seven in the morning because we had time to go to robbie's for him to dump a bunch of corn on my ass. Um, That's right. Try, the corn on the ass. Try, you try was, to, you, I love trying. that uh, visual you made of lying on the ironing board, like it's a medical table. Yeah. Like, all right, lying on the ironing table. Okay, take a look at the ass and pour, put some corn on it. Because <laughs> at that point, I hadn't looked at it yet. I hadn't right. I had done my you, improv show, gone to bartend, and I was just like, oh, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, you're standing up the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what was under there. <laughs> So you get to the island. You guys are are partying. You're known, um, yeah, you're and then you meet known. this du- you meet this dude. On day two, I met that guy. So Monday, this, Monday we right. land. You know, probably afternoon. I don't even know why they let us check into the hotel, but they did. <laughs> our, and you go right. And you go right our, to tearing up plants. Exactly. Our resort was an Expedia resort. It's exactly it what be, you would think. 
Yeah. I, I don't blame you on that one. I think it would be, I have a hard enough time not fucking with plants in the Midwest. Like if I'm down <laughs> on a exotics. tropical island with right. leaves that big, I'll like I anything. wouldn't be able to control I'll myself. I'll eat anything. Yeah. 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 I, I do like, yeah, it was a survival tactic too. It's not like, listen, the buffet wasn't open. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you have you have aloe vera plants here. I'm going to uproot them. I need we, to hydrate. <laughs> I mean, right. I think that's, you know, because so I know how I thought, I, I thought they were complimentary. Were they not? Should I do? I, are you charging me for these? We were straight up in the jungle. Like the islands out there are jungle. They're not like really beachy resorts. I mean, there's a couple, but like some of them are jungle resorts. So we were right by the beach, but it was like a very unkempt beach. Um, the hotel was just a bunch of kind of individual um, not huts. It was nicer than that, but like villas, little tiny villas. Mm. So the, the jungle was very appetizing looking and I just know myself <laughs> <laughs> like we were hungry and drinking for I like love- 80 hours. <laughs> Is there, there's always that moment, like when you get reminded of something you did the night before, like, oh fuck, yeah, that sounds right. I, I yeah. might, did that happen? I guess when that when the, when the guy came into your room, like, okay, you all right? Yeah, why? Well, because there's a <laughs> bunch of there's a trail of plants <laughs> leading to your room, and they're all up in there's leaves everywhere. Oh yeah, you know why I think that was us. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing, we I had know our own it, salad bar. Exactly, and I know we weren't quiet. Like, there's no way we were quiet. No. We were walking through a dark rainforest mm-hmm. on the way back we probably i oh, guarantee right, sure, we no. knocked on like a bunch of the wrong villas for sure <laughs> because that's why we had two different villas and they were like a little ways away from each other not far but you know far enough where if you're drunk we just all slept in one place um woke up with all the plants all over the place the squeaky toys from our drinking bowls and um it was so cute. The guy that walked <laughs> on the door, I still have the visual of him because he was like, we ended up meeting him later. I forget what his name was, but he was straight up born and raised on that island. He was mm-hmm. just dark skin, like dark, dark, deep colored skin and <laughs> right. had big white eyes. And when he peered into our room, like I said, come in after we were good. And he kind of came in while we would kind of checked out the door and his eyes his eyes were just like a cart like the cartoon cat you know like they just looked huge yeah Yeah. and he was just like looking around and he was like sure you guys guys okay and we're like (laughs) yeah we're okay and he goes okay just making sure everybody okay (laughs) we We want everyone to have a good we want everyone to have a good time, but not too good of a time. Yeah. But, you know, oh, it was things. so funny. I felt so bad for him, but he ended up being really cool. <laughs> That's great. So then you get to the beach, and then this is the part, this is the part that really intrigues a lot of the listeners, and, and me and Sean, exactly, is when you, get, you uh, start dating a swindler, Mm-hmm. He lived on the beach. He was homeless, but you had no idea just because that's, hey, that's just the beach life. This is yeah. the way things are out here. And yeah. then, like, what were clues that you started putting together? Like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't think this guy has a home. I didn't He's put just... the clues together at all. So, oh, my gosh. That's a whole other – this is a whole other chunk that I get to share with you guys right. off stage. Please do. Please do. So I meet that guy on day two, and – I was always about a good story. I had never been in love at this point in my life. I just wanted a good <laughs> tale to tell people, you know? So, you know, I tripped and bumped into this guy or something, but, you know, after a week of being in St. Thomas, he kept pinging me on Facebook and saying, ah, you tripped and fell into my lap. And it wasn't like that. It wasn't romantic right. like that, but it sounded very magical the way he said it. And I was like, oh yeah, I fell into my lap. And um, so 
he invited me to St. Thomas one more time a couple months later. And I didn't realize till then that he didn't have a home. Uh-huh. Because one of one of my rich friends in Chicago, who was a mobster, let me use some of his flight points to go and see this guy because he knew I really liked him. Mm-hmm. And that guy's wife later called me like two years later thinking that I was or not two years, maybe a year later, thinking I was having an affair with this guy. And he was like old and no, yeah. definitely no. Th- thinking you were having an affair with the mobster. Right. Because he got me okay. flight uh, somewhere. Yeah, I see. And I had to explain to her, I was like, oh, those flights were just for me. I was going to see some oh, other dude. <laughs> yeah. No need to get worked up. I was just going to go see some con artist down was, in the islands. Yeah. And your, and your, oh, and your oh. man was nice enough. Ma'am, I'm making a what much worse mistake. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, how funny is that? So I was, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, Coke dealers, and mobsters. I had it all. But um, so when we, when I got so you to get down there on the flight points. Yeah, I get down there on the flight points. It was like two months later. And um, when I was coming down, he was like, you, you got, um, are you going to get a hotel? And he actually had a friend <laughs> who owned a, a really nice resort on the beach And it was like a two floor kind of hotel kind of sweet thing. And he's like, he can, he can book it for you for low rate for like a hundred dollars for the week. And I was like, what? Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. And then when I got there, I asked him where he lived and he was like, oh, I'm kind of between places right now. And (laughs) he was cooking at this place. And though I I met a bunch of the people that worked at this place and they're like, oh yeah, we all kind of sleep on this porch of this home that Mm -hmm. some of the people (laughs) own. And I was like, what's going on here? And on that trip, I ended up having to oil wrestle and a cougar lady in a kiddie pool at this place called Molly Malone's because I was running out of money because I was paying for everything the whole week. And, (laughs) and, uh, and I so ha- wait, wait, you, you, you. I think you used the phrase "you had to." No, I love it. So, I, I love how yeah, her, like, her so initial get money schemes are always like. So uh, naturally, I, I had, had to. a little wrestle cougar later. Well, she was younger than me, but she had a cougar with her. That's what I call her, the cougar lady. She was actually nineteen. My first day on that island, we went to one of the stores, and he wanted to get all this booze. And uh, there was a like a life size bottle of Bacardi that was like forty eight mm-hmm. bucks. Great deal. But for me, at that time, 48 yeah. bucks plus 100 for hotels, no, I was already like dwindling down on my cash. I think I brought like $700 cash there or something. Bought a bunch of food for the place because it had a fridge. And, a, and um, so by day four, I was like down to 100 bucks. And I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And I see this sign at Molly Malone. I was just going to say, of course you and saw it. And it said flyer. $150 <laughs> oil wrestling tonight. And I was like, I'm fucking Hilarious. going. I'm going because, and I'm winning. <laughs> because that's how these movies are made. You yeah. see a sign, go, well, our problems are solved. Yeah. Look yep. right here. So, so you had to win in order to get the money. Yep. And it was wow, only this, amazing. This, it was only this like 40-something, 50-something-year-old lady who who uh, signed up too. So I had to do three rounds of wrestling with her. I kicked her ass. <laughs> best of three tournaments. Right. Still best. It's, we still have to do all eight rounds. We, we made the brackets. <laughs> Only two people signed up. <laughs> two people. And I, and I guess they, they just, who knows if they do it every week and they were just already through their roster. I don't know. 
But um, and they gave you 150 cash after you won. I think the sign's been up. The sign, that. the sign's been up for years. They just couldn't believe yeah. you showed right. up. Oh, <laughs> soup. So some girl showed up tonight. Wants to do this. Oh yeah, and um, not only the 150 dollars. Kenny Rogers has a place on St. Thomas, wow. and he wow. was, and he was in the audience, and he was laughing what? so hard at oh, me wrestling this woman and all the shit that I was saying to her. A gambler. He yeah. ma- he matched my money and gave it to the bar. Oh my god! Bar. This is amazing. So when I went I'm up to collect that. my money, they were like, "Well, you have a surprise celebrity who just matched your money. You have three hundred dollars <laughs> here. Right. I have three hundred dollars yeah. and three yes. days oh left god. on the island. It was awesome. Oh my <laughs> god! Bless the gambler. Came that out is there awesome. How is he not? Oh. How ridiculous Fantastic. is that? That's amazing. So that that's a that's a great movie. That's yeah. how you get home. Natasha, thank you so much uh, for coming in here. Um, Before you leave, uh, let our listeners know how are some ways they can uh, follow you online. Um, You can follow me at NPH Comedy. That stands for Natasha Pearl Hansen. But Mm -hmm. you can follow Neil Patrick Harris, too, because he's great. Um, (laughs) And my website is nphcomedy.com. So either at nphcomedy or nphcomedy.com for pretty much everything. Wow, that's fantastic. Awesome. And uh, good luck. I know you're getting a crown tomorrow because of all the bottle openings you've done with your teeth in your days in Wisconsin. <laughs> a true blue blackout diaries legend. <laughs> Natasha Pearl Hansen, everybody. Thank, Thank you, you Natasha. So much, Natasha. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. That was Natasha Pearl Hansen. I'm Sean Bear Flannery with CJ Sullivan. Uh, CJ, we've been yeah. talking about a lot of fun, hard partying islands. But uh, another island has joined the news and mm-hmm. trying to get a little better at partying is Japan. Yes. Yeah. Japan always, a, Japan always pops up on our Blackout Diaries. It, it does. They do, they, you know, they do fun it, things it, it's, it's kind of viewed as a, a pretty buttoned up place. Right. But when they let their hair down, they seem to really let it down. <laughs> and uh, it turns out the J- Japanese government wants the youth of Japan to start letting their hair down more often. This is a story. This was sent to me by about 7,000 people. Like every single person <laughs> who knows me sent me this story. <laughs> the headline is Japan is urging its youth to drink more. And they're actually creating public service announcements and yeah. government programs encouraging people to go out and essentially get drunk. The government of Japan is telling their kids to drink more. It's <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, the, like, uh, the tax revenue from alcohol has collapsed mm-hmm. so greatly after COVID that like there's government shortfalls now and they need the Japanese youth to drink more. Yeah. Too polite. <laughs> so I, they, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, everyone's sitting it to me and I honestly feel like this is probably the only time in my, my life I feel like I've qual- I could qualify for a work visa. <laughs> Because normally they don't want you after 30, you know, they're right, like, listen, sure. we, you know, we have government health care. You're just going to cost us money. Your body's starting to fall apart. You, what do I you mean, do you, for a living? You're a comedian. No, thank you. Right. But if you I really like, are a, a perfect, like, like it almost like in a movie, like an old veteran of fun drinking. I want to show you kids what adventure was and what it should be. Look at all the potential you have over here. And like just going through. Like, it is. It's the perfect streets. city. I could transform that. If you gave me two years in that, I could transform that. <laughs> First of all, everyone gets home on bikes or railways. Yes. I mean, it's it's built for drinking. No one really drives. Is. So mm-hmm. we're already perfect right there. Saki's delicious. 
Yes. Dragon Bowls. It's communal. I no mean, one has guns. You know, you have to you have to solve your your disagreements. Yes. And just the way they talk is amazing. I, I, I love Japanese drunks. You can't tell if they're angry or if they're happy. Or yes, but it's definitely it's more sing songier than their German. Where they're kind of Germans, kind of an angry. Yeah, Japanese. It's it's it's, it's very choppy. Like ha 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 ha. So like it's like it's like a. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Karaoke is the number one form of entertainment. A very drunk entertainment and communal thing. You know what I mean? Um, they are a sleeping giant. In the alcohol world, like they could they could be this huge uh, they could be like the new Ireland, I feel <laughs> the potential of Japan. Potential. If we could just motivate these kids because <laughs> they have the potential in there, their 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 parents have shown them the way. And I say this because there's another story, Sean, of uh, the first guy we would you would bring in, I think, as your guest. We would, yeah, if we did a Blackout Diary show in Japan, uh, I think right. we know our first guest. Because I, want, a, I think we should yeah. definitely ask Starburns to fund a uh, remote show in Japan. I'd be great if the first thing of budget we get and we just blow it on a trip to Japan. We, we'd like to do, <laughs> do our audio company show. asked us, do right, you guys have any ideas to promote the show? <laughs> right. Yeah, we, th- we were thinking about doing a live event. Okay, mm-hmm. we're Nagasaki. <laughs> Kind of a master class thing first. We're going to Nagasaki. Um, and one man, we would definitely have our sh- on the Blackout Diaries in Japan. And, and you would show for this instruction on how to get these kids to drink. The show the adventure is this man who, who fell off a boat and was rescued on desert, deserted island two days later. His name is Hisatero Sohima. He was on a boat in Japan when he lost his balance and slipped into the deep blue. He was, uh, <laughs> he had. He re- he fell he fell into the, into the sea because he was so drunk is the t- is the headline because <laughs> he was trying to take photos when he fell and the combination of alcohol and framing proved too much to handle. <laughs> <laughs> Spends two days on right. a deserted island. And the best part about this, I think, it was a it's a twenty it's a it was a thirty minute like ferry ride. <laughs> you know, you're basically going over to Hudson, from yeah. Hawking over to Manhattan. <laughs> so twenty minutes into it, he fell. He took I like this headline. He took his unscheduled dip in the cold waters of the Hakata Bay. <laughs> there was about twenty eight people on this boat. Uh, no one noticed because no one thinks you're gonna fall off a ferry ride. <laughs> It's a quick three. Yeah, and it's loud. You wouldn't hear, right? You know, if a guy, unless you saw the guy plump in there, you wouldn't know. Yeah. So he, let's see. He uh, luckily he had the presence of mind to swim towards a nearby lighthouse situated on a small and uninhabited Hashima Island. That's where the island theme comes in, which sits in the middle of the bay, but it's got nothing but rocks and trees. And uh, he he's just there and collapsed on the island, too tired to call for help. <laughs> too tired to call for help. I was just gonna say, like, how far, like, you know, how how lost can you get on a twenty minute ferry ride? <laughs> well, apparently, this island is right in the middle of a giant bay. It looks like it's a lot like Alcatraz. Yeah, uh, like it's an it abandoned. Right like, I think it had a World War II like foundry in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's all these like abandoned, dilapidated, like factory yeah. buildings. Imagine coming to from a blackout on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, imagine your last memory is like, oh, okay, well, the next bar's on the other side of the harbor. No big deal. Oh, we're taking a trolley. Oh, we're taking a ferry. No big right. deal. And then mm-hmm. you wake up. <laughs> and what looks like like, like a, a, a destroyed city. Right. The island. final scene of Planet of the Apes or something. You go around like, what is going on here? I'm isolated, like on an apocalyptic island. 
Two days is a long time, too. Like, two days isn't a long... If you know you're only going to be there for two days, two days isn't a long time. But two yeah. days is a long enough time that you probably oh. start having some dark thoughts when, you, when you're going into hour 36 on a... Because, like, I also love how, like, we're always, like... Uh, we always use, like, you're stuck on a desert, uh, deserted <laughs> island... As like a, a tr- like like a debate trick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're what stuck you on a desert with? island. What's the right. one album you're going to listen to for the rest of your life? <laughs> yes. you, you actually have to start thinking about right. this stuff. Like, <laughs> and it's probably just some bullshit album you downloaded on your phone before you popped in. That'll drive you insane after a month. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No matter what album is. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm actually going to get an album I hate. I don't want a good album on there because I don't want to ruin any yeah. fucking good album. I don't want Dark Side of the Moon or some shit on there. Yeah. I'm, you know, you're going you're gonna to hate it. It's going to drive you crazy. So, yeah, this guy was on there for two days. He was finally was he spotted by a passing by boat or something. Spotted by like a commercial boat that was going by but they couldn't reach him on this island because it's mm-hmm. so rocky and then the japanese equivalent of the coast guard was notified by this commercial boat which picked him up and it said he's in good health that's the thing about these stories that all these drunks like as you say they always come out unscathed somehow <laughs> like, like there's a still suit up no, all right thanks thank god you came by i was about to start eating my own leg but now that we're here all right where's the uh next happy hour like these drunks just stumble in backwards and just come in un- un- uninjured they're amazing they're amazing now luckily he lives in the forward thinking and very altruistic island nation of japan mm-hmm. where they will gladly rescue him and the only thing that it's going to cost him is his pride right now Which there is- are other island and resort city cj that apparently are getting a little tired of all these drunk rescues <laughs> and are debating <laughs> about charging the drunks for these medical bills this is amazing this brings us to uh spain i believe yep. you're talking about here and the the very popular island of san sebastian They've they've been having to do so many drunk rescue missions of late night swimmers and whatnot that they're going to start charging these people for rescuing their lives in a way to curb just their behavior, which is like the drunken uh, jackass, like death penalty, basically. Like, listen, we might not believe in a death penalty, but hopefully it'll stop people from murdering. You know, like it'll put that thought in their head. Mm-hmm. And, and so you hear their quotes like, yeah, we don't really want to charge for rescue. Oh, the lives. quotes are great. <laughs> But, here, you know, here's a quote uh, from uh, Martin Ibaby, the city councilor responsible for this measure. Uh-huh. I would love to never charge a single euro, pound or dollar. The objective mm-hmm. here is to prevent these types of incidents from happening. The, the confrontational nature of this law is aimed at making people think twice. <laughs> and then they're going to actually this is what they're going to do. They're going to have like this court system of four people. Uh, so, so after you get rescued. You go before this court system and you basically have to prove you weren't a jackass because they don't want people who like had like what they would call like good right. faith accidents. To, yeah. Like, like, you know, I slipped, whatever. I got bit by a shark. You know, mm-hmm. those people are OK. They just want to punish the assholes. This is great. This, this They're going to be beset by what they call clear acts of irresponsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I love that as a legal phrase. And just using it, just using some examples, including you know some tourists left stranded by by tides after he dozed off on a stone jetty, <laughs> a drunken woman who scrambled down the rocks and for oh, an area known for ferocious waves. You know they clearly should have known better, which is great. <laughs> that courtroom would be amazing. That's a, oh my and, god, it would be and great. they should have to do it while they're still drunk. As soon as they're rescued, like a drunk rescue and how it happened 
<laughs> that would be like a case. great like Baywatch reboot, you know, mm-hmm. where you're in San Sebastian and it's yeah. drunk court, and it's it's just these four. And I feel like in order to have equal representation, if it's if it's a court of four people, it, it first of all it should be a not, it should be three or five. It should be, um, but at least some drunks should be on the court. Yes, because there absolutely. should be somebody like to represent our side in mm-hmm. this story. Like, listen, <laughs> this this person's from Wisconsin. They don't know anything about tides. Your Honor. I uh I one time I was down in Bahamas uh for a wedding, I believe, and uh, we did a um a drunken late night skinny dip as one would on the island, you know. And <laughs> of I course. Was, I, I went into the water and Aaron was behind me. She didn't go in, but she saw me and she, she saw me disappear and she goes, You were going there was pitch black, you know. I'm like, I'll be fine, come on. She's like, I don't know. Next thing I'm in the water, and then the, the tide took me down. I'm naked. Ty took me down at least a mile. I think I'm. Sw- I thought. I thought I'm like I was going to go in there and come yeah. back. So I went in there, did a U-turn, and I'm swimming back freestyle, but it's taking me left, left, left. It's just like you're just gone, yeah. and she you was know, screaming, thinking I was dead. Next thing, I I literally washed ashore. People were terrified, so she's you know calling for help and all these things. And I come out of the distance, like over a dune, walking up the beach naked in the middle of the night, and people are screaming, running away. I, I would love to see that because it's such it's almost like a like a sci-fi entrance, like what exactly. you said. just a naked American, right? Coming seaweed up. coming off me. You know? God like, damn it! They time catapulted me into the wrong region again. <laughs> I'm going to be late for that rehearsal dinner. I know that. That's for sure. <laughs> but I then mean, trying I to explain, lo- I would never have been able to defend myself. That's for sure. <laughs> I love the visual. And I, it's happened to me, and I've seen it to other people. <laughs> a drunk person just disappears. <laughs> like, like, And I don't mean yeah. like you were looking one way, and then, but you actually just see them right, no, just fall into water, and they're yeah. gone. And, and there was a smoke like, coming up. Oh, you know, it was literally like one of those like, haunted house scenes. Yeah, never you did that. And, it's like, and then there's just a couple bubbles that come up. Like, oh, all right, I guess he's just gone for that. Now who? Now who do I call the ambassador or a coast guard? <laughs> who? Who knows what the laws are over here? Like, who would I even contact? Should I contact the embassy? Or- <laughs> but we do. We always end up uh, unscathed somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how the drunks uh, eventually do it. <laughs> we like the I like the the whole island thing of just dropping people off at an island. Um, We've always said that islands, they're great. They're almost like like, like the way America used to be about immigrants. That, that's right. how they are about chaos. Mm-hmm. Like still- they'll just redirect flights to an island if the passengers yes. are too early. Like they're right. your problem now. And, people and love an talking island's about- like happy to have them. Yeah. And people love talking about islands like that. Like, one day I'm just going to buy and fuck all this. I'm just going to get an island <laughs> and do all my thing. Like they, they just think like no laws apply on these islands. And um, <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, a recent. Fl- well, Sp- Spain and Spain itself is just hilarious. Because you, you were saying like these these are famous islands people resort to. But they also have like world history in there. It's not like, oh, Japan. yeah, it cracks me you up. Like, I mean? St. Sebastian is like, we were talking about how it's like their Myrtle Beach in terms mm-hmm. of like, it's like their premier beaches for the country. But it's also like where, you know, medieval battles took place <laughs> and like great cathedrals, <laughs> right. like the canonizations of saints and so on. But yeah. It's like, it's like they're, they're spring break drunk throughout <laughs> all of this. Yeah. Now it's used as a dump, the dump off for airlines to drop off. You know, passengers who are pissing on their seats. <laughs> yeah, this is a great headline here. Another great island he- headline. Uh, Renair flight to Spain diverted when junk passenger urinated on seat. 
<laughs> and then they just land on an island. They make everybody get off on an island. Right. A busy well, Ryanair flight from Manchester to Tenafira was forced uh-huh. to divert to a Portuguese island, the Portuguese island of Porto Santo, when a drunken, unruly passenger refused to stay in his seat and ended up <laughs> urinating. <laughs> You're all going. <laughs> This quote about him, the, the guy was just wild. <laughs> he was very drunk, up and down out of the seat, told to sit down loads of time, loads of times is a good phrase. <laughs> Eventually, he wanted to go to the toilet, told no. So he stood up, <laughs> he seated Jason, he revealed himself and, and took had a wee on the seats. <laughs> so apparently this started when there was a uh, a layover in England, and they said that's what they said. That's when we knew there was gonna be trouble. Anytime there's a big lay, a delay, oh, yeah. layover goes. He hit that airport bar pretty hard. They, you know what you got to do is you almost gotta like put these people in a separate airport. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a it, it's like a double header uh, at baseball games where they don't serve beer in between the two games. You know, right? You just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a riot if you do mm-hmm. that. You, you know what I mean? Like, I always love that. The, yeah, the when, islands and airports, we can't cut ourselves off. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to, as the airline, I'm going to go ahead and blame the airline on this one. Yeah, absolutely. You got to right. keep us in, in a uh, separate, you know, containing uh, section where yeah, we you, can't get drunk. And you can't combine. Yeah, and you're right. You can't combine a delayed flight with a, a normal flight coming in there and just merge two like two, two different oh, families yeah, two that got that a fucking are wedding. Dumb, yeah. Where are you coming from? Well, we're coming from. This is where our normal takeoff. Oh, well. <laughs> I started in I started in Dublin, but <laughs> Madrid is eventually the destination. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like we're getting there. So here we're coming in rowdy. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead off. and buy if, if I were then. I would like to represent this guy in drunk court. Mm-hmm. And you know, I right feel we have airline. a like I would look at I would tell him like as your uh, barrister or whatever we're called in this country. <laughs> uh, I I feel we have a very good case. <laughs> I like an island, an island, you being the lawyer on the island with the shorts, you know, and the Hawaiian shirt. The, Hawaii, the, the island lawyer is a good look, you know. That is great. In. Well, I had a successful career in corporate law. I got tired of the rat race. And, <laughs> and uh, half the beauty of this is half the laws you can make up on your own. They'll go with you, you know, as long as you and I get paid in the, I get paid in rum drinks. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to have to do it for us, Sean, because we are running a little bit long. So let's do some quick plugging. Um, the Blackout Diaries, of course, the live show in Chicago at the Lincoln Lodge every Friday night. If you are in Chicago, go there. Yep, um, 10 p.m. every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge. Um, I also check out my new book, uh, yes. Places I Can't Return to, available at SeanBearFlannery.com, B-A-I-R. Yes. Um, CJ, you just released, um, and what days are you usually releasing Bottom Bombs? Because I love that podcast. Ah, bottom Line Bombs, thank you. It's a, new, it's a new little fun thing I'm doing. Every Friday it comes out All right. uh, for the football season where I give out my picks with bits. It's NFL picks, but also You're doing pretty jokes. well. Your picks are they're, they're joke picks, but they're yeah. they're winning. They are. They, it's I mean, it's it's a, it's as good a system as any other. So you know what I mean? So I just could, I, did, I do the bits and the picks come out of it. Um, I threw a shout out. I threw a shout out to uh, you today with um, just an example. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but my f- a fun thing with uh, the Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo 
you know, as a quarterback now. And I thought this is an example of it. The genius they did is, you know, how they have like a revenge game, like like Baker Mayfield, Carolina oh, versus yeah, Browns exactly. was, a re- was a revenge game, you know, because mm-hmm. you're playing your old team. But yep. the Niners figured out, what if we have our quarterback do a revenge game every week against us? <laughs> so <laughs> Garoppolo hates the Niners. So now every he's week's a revenge himself, game. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so he's kind of like Tom Cruise with your theory, which I gave credit to how you like Tom Cruise as the American hero because every one of his movies, the employer is trying to kill him. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I would go with something like there and I threw that out there. Um, but yeah, so follow us on us, follow on and we're on and we're doing the podcast uh, publicity tour. Still, keep an eye out for us. Uh, we'll let you all know. Keep liking and subscribing to Blackout Diaries. Um, yeah, bottom line bombs. Check that out if you want. CJ Sullivan was taking Instagram. Uh, Places I can't return to Sean Fleming's book. That's pretty much it. That's everything that's going on. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I like having a lame outro every time of like just a just a not a saying. And goodbye. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap that up. <laughs> All right, we're gone. A podcast network.